Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Clam Bake. It's the opposite of a sausage fest. I'm Angela Gallner. And I'm Lindsay Stidham. And we want to be better feminists. Dang it. Each week we interview a different guest about their experiences, challenges, triumphs, and follies with feminism. Because being a human is tough. And being a feminist is freaking complicated. Mm, but our best resource is each other. So let's get talking. Welcome to the Clam Bake, Clams. Hey, welcome. Hey, I'll check in with your clam. How's it going? I'm having digestive issues. <laughs> I know we were talking about health. <laughs> we were talking about our physical health before yeah. our guest arrived. If anyone's curious, yeah. uh, I, between me and my dog at night, I think Sai might die of like toxic air. Oh my god! <laughs> so that's where I am at. Where are you at? <laughs> um, I'm at that. I screamed. I like didn't scream, but I like angrily said to my mother on the phone on my way here. I think I believe in Eastern medicine more than Western medicine, Mom. Oh Which is God. maybe true. I don't know. I just anyway, like that that's, that, that's just like such a like millennial <laughs> it is. LA like mother daughter argument. It is. That's amazing to me. But I would like always rather take an herb or a supplement as opposed to a pill. Girl, Anna, like <laughs> shoot me up with all your pills. Give me your antibiotics. <laughs> give me, give me, give me, give me your Western medicine. I'm like, turmeric fixes everything. <laughs> I'm like, I'll take another Prozac, please. <laughs> y- anyway. Yang. Anyway. Um, I want to do more yoga. That's where I am. I am. I'm having a very L.A. Yeah, you are sounding super L.A. You're, you were drinking know. mate earlier with your salad. It's just like Friday night meditation yoga made me like have a really therapeutic cry. And right. now I'm like all about it. I support that. I'm happy for you. <laughs> anyway, that's how my clam is doing. Well, great. Yeah, we should all just allow ourselves to cry more often. Hey. I mean, if Donald, can you imagine if Donald Trump let himself actually cry every day? I think he would melt. The tears from his face would just like, they burn like acid down and he would just like melt into a puddle. I agree. But we should like, men, I just want to send this out there because we're going to talk about men and women today. Men, if you want to cry, do it. You are allowed. Cry, honey. Cry. Anyway, that's that's all. Great. (laughs) We're talking about men and women today. With the fabulous Christina Weber, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh my God! Thanks, Thanks for, for being, being on the clam bake. You're the founder of not one but two. I'm going to call them empires. Ooh, I love mm-hmm. that. Don't take it. <laughs> and a podcast host. Mm-hmm. You're the founder of the Feminine Weapon and Underground Unattached, which we're going to talk about both. But I think we'll start with the Feminine Weapon. Yeah. I mean, do you want to? Before we start our questions, do you want to tell us how you founded The Feminine Weapon and what The Feminine Weapon is, just to give us a little bit of a frame for the conversation? Sure. I love that you added the in front of Feminine Weapon. Oh, is it oh. just feminine weapon? It's feminine weapon. Oh, okay. But we can. It can be a. It, it can be a the, the feminine feminine, feminine weapon. weapon. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, feminine weapon was gifted to me as a compliment. This is about four years ago. I was working full time at a marketing agency in New York City and developing my first startup on the side, which is an intimate apparel brand. Oh my God. So that's now we're counting, we're up to three empires. Three. Go the, on. But, I'm just going to keep the, track the, of your The empires. third one is sitting sidelines. This okay. one, Game Lace, the intimate apparel brand, is sitting sidelines. Game Lace? Game Lace. I love that. I love that too. I'm a good namer. Yes, you what? are. Yes. yes. I, now I want to know what type of intimate apparel is Game Lace. Uh, imagine a Yankees pinstripe corset. What? Oh, oh I, sexy I giants lace. number got with like it. garters. Oh my God. All of our male listeners are Googling this right Right now. Yeah, I mean that is well, one. Fortunately, it's not for sale yet. So if you'd like to invest, please reach out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So investors, 
There you go. Yes. Um, And during that time, I had, you know, I was in my late 20s, and I just had great self-doubt. Um, I had I didn't have my MBA. I thought, who was I going to walk into the NFL and ask for the license? And around that time, I was out with a good guy friend. And he said, you know, Chris, I created a nickname for you. What's this nickname? He said, don't let this go to your head, but you're a feminine weapon. You're so business savvy, but such a girl. And in that moment, it felt like a cape had attached to my back and I could fly. Like someone seeing something inside of me that I knew was there, but I was questioning of how am I going to fulfill these like ambitions, these like wild ideas that I have in my mind, and how are they going to come out into the universe and all make sense? And do I have the power to create them? And after he said that, I was like, feminine weapon, whoa. And I went home that night, went to godaddy.com. It was available, typed in feminine weapon, purchased the domain. I like how you roll. You like, you're like, oh, this is a good idea, and I'm full throttle into it. Yes. And the more women I talk to, the more I realize that I am not the only feminine weapon. There are many women out there with these deep desires and these ambitions, and they are on a mission to fulfill them. So we morphed it into this shared identity, and I began producing experiences or events throughout New York City and gathering women around topics of interest that would support them to achieve the dreams that they're going after. Uh, Feminine Weapon lives January 30th um, in 2014. We elected that as Feminine Weapon Day. Mm-hmm. And it's a big event yearly. Um, started in New York City. We brought it out to L.A. last year in 2017. And then 2018, January 30th just passed, we had two events happening in the, in the same night in two different cities. That's awesome. So it's, it's it exists to empower women to chase that dream that they might be afraid of, is what you would say? or. Um, yeah, and that and also many other things. Like I think with inside of us, it's actually more of not necessarily chasing anything, but uncovering the authentic self that of who you are because a feminine weapon can be a woman who is a mother and um, she takes pride in, you know, maintaining the household. Like it's just a being – okay and an acceptance with who you are as a being uh-huh. and being true to you. Yeah. When I was reading um, the article that you wrote, the Medium article that you wrote that we'll link in our show notes, it almost struck me, this idea of feminine weapon, weapon almost struck me as kind of an ideology about feminism and about healing men and women and our relationships with each other and our culture. Mm-hmm. Like that's as I was reading it um, – that's what it started to mm-hmm. ping for me. So we'll, we'll, we'll come into that and, and what I think you're, you're, you're pinging at. So as we started getting deeper of in gathering women, it also became this um, method or avenue or a way for us to, as I say, batter the, battle the ills of the world through love, mm-hmm. um, of us coming into a higher consciousness and with one of the principles of being this desire to receive for the sake of sharing. And when I say, um, you know, you're taking feminine and weapon and putting them in, you know, the same sentence or the same meaning and, mm-hmm. and 
weapon is in um, of consciousness, of, of thinking that, like, I can actually create change in the world through love, through being a female. Um, and this January 30th, each year we choose a theme. Um, the first year was I Am Feminine Weapon. And there's always a an exhibit that coincides with the theme where we have a, a tribe of women and we do a photography exhibit or a writing exhibit. Uh, and so year one, I Am Feminine Weapon. Year two, um, it, and it's interesting from a universal perspective how everything always came together. So year two, which was 2015, um, our theme was sleep. And it happened to be the same time that Ariana Huffington was preaching about sleep and started the quote-unquote sleep revolution. And through our exhibit, we photographed over 50 women sleeping. Mm -hmm. And then we overlaid their feelings of um, are there thoughts on sleep at that moment. And then another year, um, the human design system uh, was top of mind. And so we were each accessing, like, who are we as, as individuals of our design? And we photographed all the women, overlaid their charts. So year five, interesting how the universe works, um, our theme came about. And, and Feminine Weapon Day as well as, is also um, 100% of the proceeds go to um, children of abuse, extreme poverty, and trafficking through the Orphan Starfish Foundation and Art Demore. And as I was um, in the fall of 2017, um, birthing what the theme is going to be for 2018, um, men came to mind. And they came um, because I, as I was, you know, in my brainstorming process, it was that, well, men show up every year. They buy 50% of the tickets. They um, donate 50% of the money. They um, are our photographers, our our backline band, I negotiate the venues with them. How fun would it be for uh, to incorporate men this year? And they'll be part of the exhibit. So women will elect men in their lives who support, uplift them, make them happy. We'll photograph those guys and then we'll olay, o- o- overlay on each image the answer to the question of why this man is so amazing. Uh-huh. But I want to stop you right there yeah. before we go any deeper because I have a lot of questions about okay. your event that you threw this year. Okay. But um, our first question for everybody is, are you a feminist? Why or why not? So yes. we got into a little bit of the philosophy of feminine weapon, but would you use the word feminist and and in what way? As well? I would use the word feminist for sure. Um, and I even have the, – the conversation I think is so fun. I'm sure you – Note this: When you look at the definition mm-hmm. of feminists, it's believing that genders or sexes have equal rights. Hundred percent, yes, we are, like equality for sure. Uh, within that context, uh, and this is where we started to talk about essentialism or mm-hmm. non-essentialism. We are two def- different beings mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you would say I- I'm a feminist, but I acknowledge that men and women are different. Yes. Got it. Okay. And cool. But and I wouldn't say but I would say and. and. Okay. Cool. So did you? My main question is: We're in the time of Me Too, uh, big time. Thank goodness it's here. I'm glad it's here. Um, 
totally yesterday so was, important. Yesterday was the Oscars, and it was hard to not sit there when Helen Mirren and Jane Fonda, the two goddesses, had to hand an Oscar to a man that abused his wife. Mm. It is a very intense time between men and women. So in a time where emotions are running so high, did you catch flack for hosting an event that chose to honor men? Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it triggered uh, a lot of people. Because um, you held it just in January, right? January 30th. So, yeah. So, yes. you're like deep. We're deep in the time of Me Too where people yes. are still uh, c- falling casualties. I don't know what you want to call them. People are being taken down every day. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, Me Too uh, is important. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, women are coming forward after suffering for, for many years. And their voices deserve to be heard. And there's also a time where, so we haven't gotten into Underground Untouched, but part of my work is in the dating space. And what I, we're bouncing around, but I'm going to make, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this point. You know, a lot of times um, I found myself, a couple of things were happening in the production. So first off, I would be in conversations with women and I would share the exhibits and we're inviting women to elect men in their lives who support, uplift, and make them happy. And these aren't only men who are your significant other. These are your colleague, your friends, your family. You know, men are 49% of the population. And I was so shocked at first of beginning, having women look at me with like a blank stare. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have anyone to elect. And then I started to learn that there was many women who would share that they had zero male friends. And these are single women living in Los Angeles and New York City. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, there's something that's so powerful about masculine energy that has the ability to make the feminine feel safe. And these women were operating without any men in their lives. So that became a little bit of like, uh, whoa, I didn't realize that that was a thing. Second, um, Oftentimes, because of working in the relationship and dating space, I would sit with women and they would come to me and they would have this list, this list of all the things that they envisioned in their partner. And I'd ask them to put the list aside and instead tell me all the things you love about men. Another blank stare. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I never thought about that. I can tell you all the things that I love about women but I'm not sure about men. And there's sometimes I have to go through a, a phase of um, depending on everyone's experience is different and how they grew up in the male energy or masculine energy in their life. And sometimes I realized that I had to go through with women of all the things that they hated about men before they could get to writing down or thinking through all the things that they loved about men. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other side, and especially as we're now in the um, exhibit, we're, we're in the the, um, the production phase of the hashtag for the love of men exhibit where we're photographing the guys. Mm-hmm. And I often heard, you know, when I started to share that, you know, because I started writing down my list, you know, mm-hmm. of all the things that I love about men. And I started gathering from women of the things that they loved about men as well. And the men would look at me and be like, tell me what's on that list. I have no clue. And they shared that majority of the times they know all the things women hate about them. Mm-hmm. But no one is telling them what they love. 
Mm-hmm. And if we think about how the male psyche works, it works by us believing in them. Mm-hmm. And that they then, you know, once they feel that, and I think us women too, is like there's nothing more powerful. One of the things I love about a man is when he believes in me. I think that even how feminine weapon was channeled through as a compliment from a man, it made me feel safe and I could like spread my wings and fly because I had their belief. And mm-hmm. men work that way too. So a lot of times men aren't even told or, or hearing, like, what do we like about them? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, to play devil's advocate on a couple of things. Yeah, please. Um, <laughs> like you started that whole like bit. Like my, my main question is why honor men right now? And like being a woman, a single woman living alone in a big city, um, I want to feel safe without a man. And you started that whole thing of being like men make women feel safe. And I'm like, hmm, do they? <laughs> like right now they don't make me feel safe. And that makes me angry. And my blood starts to boil that I want to like, I need to like pass along my belief in a man to make everybody feel safe in a safe space. Like I want to feel safe by myself walking down the street and not have a man cat call me and not go to an event where they feel safe and praised. Like I, I just have so many questions. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's get into them. Um, have you ever experienced or studied any of Alison Armstrong's work? I have not. Alison Armstrong has been studying men for over 20 years. She'd be a great guest on her podcast. Go get yeah. her. Um, but, and I'll, I'll ask you this and, and tell me. Alison claims, and, and I've asked other women who have said this, that they would agree. In her studies, she's found that if you ask a woman... How many, um, and you're probably not going to like what I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> but I just also want to say, like, thank you so much for coming into a space where you knew ahead of time that you were probably going to get a little pushback. <laughs> like, we so appreciate you being here and engaging yeah, in this what, dialogue. It's like, And I want to preface this statement important. by saying I do love men. I love them very much. I well, love Well, anyone I, listening knows how much Lindsay loves I, men. I, like, throw it out there. Constantly, but in a good way. I talk about my single singledom like on yeah. the the reg, and I like solicit men for dates on this podcast. I'm also part of a <laughs> I'm also part of a group, a feminist group, because I do think like we're so divided right now to the point that it really hurts. And I'm in a feminist group that right now is trying to set women up with great men mm-hmm. because we all are like we feel. Like we've a little bit lost our faith, and it's very difficult to date right now. And I think I think men are a little afraid of women right mm-hmm. now. And I do think what you're doing is important. And I really agree that men and women have to heal. And if they don't start talking about it, we're fucked. Just like if the left and the right don't start talking, we're going to remain really, 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 really fucked. <laughs> um, so I do like I I am 100% open to your point of view. But I guess where I get upset is that we still live in a world where I don't. I don't want to have to cow to to a man to like feel safe. That like bums me out. You know what I mean? Like I want to feel safe on my own. And I think that's like where me too like really is important. Like I don't want to feel unsafe in a job. I don't want to feel that I can't get towards equality if I'm not praising a man. Like all that stuff really gets me fired up. <laughs> what is safety to you? What does safety feel like? Um, safety feels like I, I'm, I feel safe to have a productive conversation with a man without hurting his feelings. I get to feel safe, like walking down the street. Um, I get to feel safe to express my opinion, all those things. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So in although in, like I don't know if any American can honestly feel safe walking down the street right now. Like safety yeah, is like it's like a relative. Right it's like relative for every human, right? It's not just for a man for a woman. It's like safety is relative for every human being, really. Yeah. I'll finish the the train of thought that I was sharing with Alison Armstrong is what she found from when she was would ask um, women in groups is typically a woman says that she will feel more safe. And I'm talking, when I say this, I'm talking about healthy men and healthy women. Mm-hmm. So that a, a healthy woman and will feel safer with a healthy man around than she will with gathering in a room with 15, 20 other women. So that, that center of what, again, this is healthy and healthy, of feeling safer in the world. I can say for me, I feel that way. Um, you may not, and this is where everyone has a, a difference of opinion. But I also, you know, I think one of, um, if we're getting into the difference of masculine and feminine, I think one of the, the masculine, and when I say masculine and feminine, because we can all, d- despite genders, have um, our soul operates you know, from that masculine dominant or masculine feminine space. Mm-hmm. And uh, the masculine, one of their, um, the gifts that they bring into this world is this ability to protect life. And a woman, when she is healthy and she's able to be in her, um, in her innate nature, is that she is has the ability to go out and enhance life. So men protect life form and women enhance life form. That's where I think the rooted in the when I feel that I'm around a strong masculine healthy masculine energy, I am free to be my wild um creating self out there nurturing enhancing life. Yeah, so this does kind of tie in a little bit to that essentialist conversation that we were having before the podcast started, right? That like men and women are, because we are biologically different. I mean, you can't refute that. Like mm-hmm. that's accurate. And our, our there's a lot of brain stuff that's different and hormones are different and, and it's all different. Um, the idea that we're different and thus like sort of serve different purposes on this earth is that kind of... Is that is that aligned with kind of what you're thinking, or am I putting words in your mouth? I might be. Well, I think it, even if you're that they're biological and spiritual mm-hmm. differences, right, between man and woman, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think like there's something in me um, that it always has since my first woman's studies class, and I grew up Catholic and super conservative and um so there's a bit of like chip on my shoulder about the way I feel like I was socialized but there's something in me that reacts so strong and I can feel it in Lindsay too against this notion this essentialist notion even though I know that there is like a very grounded biological basis for it because sometimes I feel like for one it like divides gender into a binary which I don't believe that it is. 
And it also tends to sound a little bit heteronormative. Like, I wonder how gay and lesbian relationships kind of work in this sort of world. Um, and then I wonder if if we were, like, in one of the cultures that was female-dominated, where the men stayed with the kids and, and the women went out and... And I know that there are a couple of ancient civilizations that function this way, and I wish that I knew how to reference them like that. I wonder if then, years in the future, men would be sitting here having this conversation about the woman feeling safe and whether it has more to do with power dynamics throughout history and the way we've been formed and shaped than it does who we really are. Yeah, and I guess I also get bummed out by being like, the man is the protector and the woman is the enhancer because that is also essentially like differentiating their roles of what they can and cannot do. It's already like taking away equality. Like I want them to be able to switch and I feel like by putting so much of that on a man, I I actually feel like that's where we're going wrong, raising our, our men by being like, you are this, you are the provider, you are the one who goes out and makes the money, you are the protector. And it's like if we don't, <laughs> we started this whole podcast by being like, if men could just let, uh, have more opportunities to cry <laughs> and be in touch with their feelings, like maybe we wouldn't be on the verge of World War Three. Well, like, I think and, and two <laughs> is we are moving into that space. And I believe that that is going to be, you know, for, for me, what I believe is that's guided by the feminine of us being able to make space for those conversations, to really listen to men, how they feel, as opposed to just focusing on how they think. And I can even look at from, you know, of, of studying, you know, the majority of like relationship teachers and scholars. And you can look at somebody like Pat Allen, who, you know, she's 85, and she'll say that when you're talking to a, a, a man, and, and another thing, to, to point out is, you know, I think it's it's really important also to. Again, I want I, I want to emphasize that because this is also sensitive, mm-hmm. is that you get into like gender, male and female, and, and you you mentioned like lesbian relationships. Mm-hmm. So in order for a relationship to to, to two people to be able to. Um, magnetically pull together, there's got to be polarity. And mm-hmm. generally the polarity, even in the lesbian relationship, someone will be more masculine dominant, someone will be more feminine dominant. So Pat Allen, 85, in her schooling of way of, of teaching, is very focused on never ask a masculine how they feel. Always ask them how they think. And that within a relationship, the masculine energy is the uh, energy that wants to be respected and the feminine energy wants to be cherished. And so now we're moving into this whole way of, you know, you have uh, Justin Baltoni, who is recent TED Talk on, yeah. um, I'm, I'm blanking on, but like, JC, uh, 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 I'm done being man enough is his TED Talk. He's the, the actor from Jane the Virgin, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. yes. And I know he has a movement right now to try mm-hmm. to get men to, I believe, speak more about their feelings. I'm looking it up. But. And, and so we have to acknowledge that as a man has grown up historically, mm-hmm. um, they haven't been asked to share their feelings. They've been told to toughen up. Absolutely. Be a man. Yeah. Uh, also, if you look at, generally, if you're with a, a, a boy, age seven, mm-hmm. and say he has a, 
um, mother and a sister, and you ask him a question, how old are you? For the most part, you'll hear the sister or the mother will answer. He's seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't given men the and, – and I'll take that. That's, that's gonna be, that was going to be a hard thing. I wouldn't say we haven't given men the ability to speak because they've spoken a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I'll take that back. But in a sense of us as these feminine nurturers, it's actually like let's hear how you feel. Right. Like what is really happening inside of you. Um, and now, just now, we're getting into the space of the new masculine. So with Feminine Weapon Day of having that as the theme of For the Love of Men, coinciding with the time that we're in of Me Too and Time's Up, all of these movements have the ability to exist at the same time. Mm -hmm. And they're all equally as important. Because for, in order to eradicate darkness, the only thing that can is, is light shines in and light shines in through love. So for us to be able to go and say, hey, we see that you're, and, and as you even said, that a lot of men are fearful mm-hmm. of actually approaching women now. And you get into a time of, again, a lot of my work is in dating. Mm-hmm. And most people would prefer to meet their significant other in real life. Mm-hmm. They want to meet them in Whole Foods, mm-hmm. at a party, or at an event. But we have to give them the um, – we have to welcome or invite them to say hello. Because I think, too – and I'll ask you, would you prefer to be – okay, if, if we go to um, gender differences. Yeah. And in, in a relationship, you're single. Are you in a relationship? No, I'm partnered. A partner. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love the term partner no. that you just used. That's great. <laughs> so would you prefer to – in that dynamic of being single – do you want a partner who actively pursues you or do you want to be actively pursued by them or do you want to do a dance? Like how do you envision? I like the dance. I think everybody is a bit different. Um, I just wanted to clarify Justin Baldoni, his speech is why I'm done trying to be man enough. We'll play a little clip from it and his current mission and he has a television show now called Man Enough is he is challenging men. Are we strong enough to be sensitive in addition to being masculine? So that's like kind of his mission. Men? I understand. (laughs) Growing up, we tend to challenge each other. We got to be the toughest, the strongest, the bravest men that we can be. And for many of us, myself included, our identities are wrapped up in whether or not at the end of the day we feel like we're man enough. But I got a challenge for all the guys, because men love challenges. (laughs) I challenge you to see if you can use the same qualities that you feel make you a man to go deeper into yourself, your strength, your bravery, your toughness? Can we redefine what those mean and use them to explore our hearts? Um, Yeah, of course, I think every woman likes being pursued, but I'm not, uh, it doesn't irk me to also be the pursuer. I think that like dating is (laughs) evolving a lot. Um, And I do think like the best balance, like in my ideal world, I would love for it to be a dance. Like that's what I get off on. I love the back and forth. I love like each of you turning each other on and like taking turns doing that. Like for sure. It's great. (laughs) Cool. Yes. Um, But that initial, so, so you're fine with then being the, you've you've done both. I've done both. Yeah. I've totally done both. Yeah. Do you have one that, like, works best for you? I think what works best is a balance. Like, that you're both 
pursuing each other in a way. And there's a little, and in the beginning, that's what's so fun about a new relationship, right? Is that you're both pursuing, you're both figuring out what is like the wit that gets the other person going, what is like the text message that makes your heart flutter, what is like the setting the date of meeting here or there, or like that's the great part about the Mm -hmm. beginning of a relationship. And Mm -hmm. if you're both into each other, hopefully you're both doing that. I would hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's, it's really important of even, yeah, the, the study of self, of like what works for me and what mm-hmm. feels good for me. Mm-hmm. And then knowing that and being able to do that dance with the significant other, being able to fully share the experience of yeah. you. Totally. Because you know you and what mm-hmm. feels good. Yeah. So going back to your event, um, like what would you say were the highlights of like what both men and women took away of of shining the light on giving positivity to men in a time where maybe that's not the most popular choice? Yeah. Um, great question. I'll actually even talk a little bit more of the controversy because there was there was more controversy yeah, that please. happened along the way. I'd love to hear about um, it. But some of the um, the breakthroughs and the you know when I started the. Um, Things for me started very lighthearted-ish. You know, it was this, like, idea of, oh, my gosh, this is going to be fun, men and women playing together. Mm-hmm. And then shit got real. Yeah. <laughs> like, was yeah. there, sorry, was there somewhat of a purpose of trying to have women be introduced to them? Was there some, like, a single aspect of being, like, these are great men, these are dateable men? Was there any of that or not no, at all? Okay. No, okay. not really. Not not at, at first. I think it did give me the ability to sort of bridge the um, – to bridge my two companies, mm-hmm. Underground and Attached, and Feminine Weapons. So yeah. it got me to have the conversations that I've been having um, in that realm and bridge them over into Feminine Weapon and include men into the conversation. But when I first started it, I was um, – Around in, in, in August, I found myself um, on stage with I, – I do this interactive show called The Great Love Debate mm-hmm. where they have four or five panelists on stage of experts in the dating space. Yeah, I've actually heard it because my writing partner, Jill Bartlett, has been on. Ah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. It is, it's, a, it's a cool concept. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so um, there I was on stage in, in August and sitting next to Tatum O'Neill and Brian Howie, the host of the show, says, does anyone have any final thoughts? And here's me, you know, I'm one who walks around, I'm holding my rose quartz and my crystals. And I said, <laughs> I, I said to the audience, I said, you know, riddle me this. Imagine, just imagine that man's life purpose is to make women happy and that women are to be lovers of men. And I, that theory, I started then sharing that theory with other people and, and seeing how people responded to that. And there, it's, it start, many conversations yeah, sure. came out yeah. of that. And through that, we then got, you know, through the conversations as, as I th- also think, too, we're living in a time where we're not giving each other the ability to let thoughts progress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everything's really sharp and emotional and raw right now yes yeah so mm-hmm. me even saying that like I it's, it's like I'm saying a theory mm-hmm. let's have a conversation around this and let's yeah. actually giving each other the ability to continue to have conversations around topics because that's what we need to be doing right now mm-hmm. is like listening and hearing each other mm-hmm. and so of, of starting to say that theory um 
I start to hear like what how people are responding and reacting to that. Like, whoa, my my life pur- purpose. Like, you want to say my life purpose? And yeah, I'm going to say your your life purpose is to make women happy. Um, and then women are to be lovers of men. Like, whoa. And and then you'd hear of well, you know, I I'm a gay man, and now you're going to tell me my life purpose is you know to make women happy. And you know, going further into that, well, do you have a mother? How about a sister? How about your friends? We got super clear after conversations of and and the the theory evolved into men are driven to make women happy. And women wholeheartedly desire to love men. And getting to that place, um, Brian Reeves, who is um, he was on our panel. So each so Feminine Weapon Day happened in both LA and New York. Mm-hmm. Um, the experience itself, which was three hours, included a grounding meditation, uh, guided connections, live music, and a relationship panel discussion with experts. And on our stage in Los Angeles, we had Brian Reeves. And um, on FeminineWeapon.com in our blog, there's a really good clip of him responding to um, me saying that he actually took it as I was saying, man's it's, it's a man's mm-hmm. job to make women happy. And I've never said it's a man's job to make women mm-hmm. happy. However... You know, for men, as they've they've felt that, as as he stated, like of, of working with thousands of men in the relationship space, that men in their victim state have tried to make women happy, and they've failed. And then, you know, they've tried to ask women, like, you know, do what the woman says to make them happy, and they've still failed. Uh, and so. What he's like, you know, coming to this, you know, the thing of so, so what he's, you know, in order to really make women happy or for, for women to be happy and for all of this to work is that, you know, of, of serving love, like of men being in their purpose of, of out in the world and serving love to the world. And essentially, that's ultimately what makes women happy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that one that is something that came out of mm-hmm. of Feminine Weapon Day that we ran with. Now another thing that that did a, a topic on the the panel that we um, spoke about is is men wanting to be held accountable, you know, and men asking actually, please hold us accountable. Um, before we started recording today, you know, I said that um, I was having a conversation with one of my male clients who um, was around three single women and they said you know we hate or dislike that we feel obligated or expected to have sex on date number three and that's something that you know us as women we have the power to set the standards so of us being able to of men asking us and coming and saying hold us accountable like we want to do better make us do don't don't let us get away with shit. Sorry, could you back up a bit and and tell us again the um, where that conversation, how that conversation is initiated, of women being the ones to set the standard? Like, could you just back up? Because you told us a little bit at the beginning that that came out of some of your like discussions in your dating group. Could you just um, kind of begin that story from the beginning again? Yeah, the, the okay. one of the um, of the accountability, sex, sex on the third date. Yeah, sex yeah. on the third so date. So, how did you get into that conversation, and where did that expectation come from exactly? Was it talking to clients? Like, could you just kind yes, of start from sure. the beginning? For sure. Yeah. So, one of my male clients. We were talking the other night, um, mm-hmm. doing our um, 
weekly call, and he shared he had just hosted a, um, a BYOS experience, bring your own story, at his apartment. And um, there were three single women that were there, and they were all talking about dating. Mm-hmm. And he said that they share that they feel as though they hate that they feel that obligated mm-hmm. on date number three to have sex. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm then I added into well, from a, a you know women, the reason that men think that they can do that is because women have done that. Mm-hmm. And so of us women as a collective, like coming together and actually, or even holding like, like holding what is our standard of not saying like, not expecting, you know, that a man has developed this expectation because he's succeeded at it. It's worked. Mm-hmm. That's the story. Okay. <laughs> but then where is like the, the, like, and maybe this is a different movement that needs to come from men. But like, what about men setting the standard themselves? Like women historically do so much emotional labor for the population and so much emotional labor for men. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm wondering if this is just another way that women are bending over backwards to make sure that men don't like rape and murder them, Mm. you know, in my thinking, I'm thinking of healthy men, healthy women. Mm hmm. That's taking it to like, like evil, it's more st- evil systemic level. Yeah, like mm-hmm. we're 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 getting into like mental illness and and darkness and and but I'd deep also evil. Say like cultural illness too, right? Like our Deeply. culture is because sick. men men that we have put in unbelievably powerful positions, our president, uh, healthy or unhealthy, but people that we have elected legally mm. or uh, elevated legally are i don't think that they are conditionally healthy to treat women well it's an incredible bummer but i mean i think it's like such a deep conversation about like how to interact it's just like so deep that i i like listening to anybody's theories on it but um yeah i think there's an unbelievable pressure in hookup culture but i think like where our danger is is like why are we not coming from a place of equal consent of and talking about that openly and why is it so scary for us to talk about it's it's just mind-boggling to me and so upsetting that that's like not where the conversation starts of of even being like I want to know and it's interesting though that you're saying like that you guys did get to a place of what makes women happy is knowing men are coming from a place of love and that is beautiful and I totally agree that makes me so happy to know a man is coming from a place of love especially like on a date then hey yeah you can move to a healthy place of like talking about a relationship but it's like I think we're so scared of talking about all those things and maybe even more scared now because men are like, are you going to out me for being a bad guy? Am I going to lose my job? Or um, I can if I run into you professionally, like, am I fucked? It's like we like have to like erase everything and start over of how mm-hmm. we interact with each other. Yeah. It's We're broken right now. Yeah, like, these deeply. conversations. And thank you both for having these conversations and starting the conversations. But yeah, many more conversations have had to are to be had. And that's why, you know, of it's really important that we let our, our thoughts progress in every moment and that we don't hold anybody to one thought. 
Um, I think that's really important. We allow we allow people to change and to grow. It can be really hard to to do that as a culture. And to change their minds because yeah. a woman is allowed to be like, I want to have sex on the first date and change her mind. And, like, and so is a <laughs> and man. And so is a man. Too, you know, yeah. like yeah. a man is allowed to approach a date being like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to play the the masculine game and decide halfway through that that's not actually what excites, you know, like a lot of men actually don't want to lead in the bedroom or don't want to lead at the dinner table and I lost my train of thought, but like that's also okay. Well, and and two is one of the um, I think the, the 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 fundamental problems is our educational curriculums don't include anything about relationships. Absolutely. Yeah, and let alone getting into sex. We've got to go to relationship before we can get into sex, mm-hmm. and then a majority of us didn't grow up observing healthy relationships. So you throw dating apps on top of that and a society that is like ever-changing and evolving so quickly and our attention span is getting shorter and shorter. And we haven't studied love. Mm -hmm. So to, you know, you want to be a mechanic or you want to host a a podcast and I see you with all your equipment and you learned how to to do that. You studied this. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas most people out there think that Love is supposed to happen. It's right. supposed to be easy. Yeah. Just going to come our way. And there needs to be um, this like stepping back and saying, shit, I don't understand this. And yes, of this rewiring from the start of like, tell me what you like. Mm-hmm. Tell me about yourself. What do you like about what do you want in a partner? What do you like about men? Yeah. What do men like about women? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that's a beautiful place to approach dating from. What do, what do I love about the, like the gender I'm attracted to? Like, what do I love about the person that I seek? Because it's so easy to get so bogged down by dating in this day and age to be like, well, you know, they're nothing probably ev- all dogs. So, yeah, you know, like nothing it, ever works out. Yeah, yeah, that kind of mentality to like focus that positive spin is really beautiful. But I also think in the world of dating apps, especially because of how women have been conditioned, you also have to start from a place of like, what do I love about me? Because mm-hmm. I've seen so many yeah. women not start from that place. And mm-hmm. it's like, if you don't start from the place of like, what do I value in me? it's not going to go well for you. On yeah. Day. And then like, you get into this false sense of competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where then the anxiety sense in of like, I'm not sure what I love about me of my um, of confidence because I think you're comparing me to someone else as you just swipe next on um, on the dating app. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. This might be like a perfect time to segue into talking about um, Underground Unattached. Started bringing 20 men, 20 women together for three hours um, at um, pop-up art galleries, the common space of residential buildings, um, apartments in New York City, and facilitating these experiences. Um, now, three years later, um, we recently went through a startup accelerator program, and we're pivoting the business, and we're now building the platform for user or member-generated dating experiences. Because what I've found is while 
um, you know, there's the, the, the two problems that one I mentioned before is that first off, most of us didn't grow up observing healthy relationships. It's not a topic covered in the educational curriculums. And second is that most people would prefer to meet their significant other in real life doing things that they enjoy doing. So we're combining those um, experiences on one platform and having host um Host their own, whether it's a storytelling dinner party, a panel discussion on an interesting topic, um, to potentially like escape the room game night, mm-hmm. um, that you can you'll be able to join for all different types of activities. That's cool. so fun. That does sound really fun. And so much better idea. than meeting one on one with someone you have no idea if you're going to have chemistry with. Yeah. It just feels like a lot less pressure, and with the ability to like also make friends and not just. And also learn about love in the environment yeah. of other other people yeah. who are learning about love as well and yeah. how to achieve success and have a healthy, meaningful relationship. Totally. So if people want to go to one of these experiences, how do they get involved? Undergroundunattached.com. You can register for our email list. You can actually apply to be a host there. Cool. Um, probably give us like in May is when we're going to – um, I had my uh, business partner in from New York this week, and we whiteboarded and canvassed and everything, and um, of, of the, the business model. So you're you're seeing a startup unfolding, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but we're looking for a launch in May in both in LA and New York that you'll be able to cool. see more experiences. And what I didn't, you asked in the beginning of this podcast, is you know the. Um, response, or I knew that I, I triggered a lot of people, but there was, there was, and 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 through the triggering, um, I realized that I was, you know, if you want to see change in the world, you're, you know, you're you're going to do something that's not status quo. It wasn't something that people just like, people stopped and said, wait, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, um, I did go through experience of deep bullying. You did. I was. Um, ver- virtually attacked. Can you talk a little bit about that if you don't mind? Sure. Um, I had posted in a a woman's Facebook group um, inviting women to elect a man who supports, uplifts, and makes them happy for the exhibit. Um, And when we were done, we photographed over 50 men between LA and New York. Mm -hmm. Uh, And within a four-hour period of time, there was over 700 comments. Um, When Last I saw it, it had reached over 2,000. Mm-hmm. And the majority of the comments... Um, was it? Did you post that like around December-ish, do you it think? Was mid, it was probably around January It 10th. was January. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And I um, had never seen so many man-hating giffies. Mm-hmm. Um, I was called homophobic, um, misogynist, um, wanting to live in a patriarch society. Um, I was... Everything that, you know, all of my um, Facebook page was trolled through, screen mm-hmm. grabs of me. At the time, I was um, – there's a kundalini yoga chant called Sopork, mm-hmm. and I was chanting that for f- 40 days and where we wear a white head wrap and you um, – and the chant is said to bring out the man of God to uplift men in your life and um, can actually – it's a chant that can potentially call on your one true male love. And during that, they there was a picture of me and my I'd done a podcast with um, um, uh, someone, who, the person who had introduced me to the chant, and they had posted a picture of that and said, "We are the world." Um, 
and it was intense. I had never experienced bullying uh, on that level. And would you say you were primarily being bullied by women? It was all women. Yeah. That was the only women in in the group. And they all basically fed off of each other. Yeah. It was like one. It, and I've it was seen, pretty. I've seen chains like that on, on those things. You probably know can, the girls night I, out. Yep. <laughs> you I can know, probably I, guess. Yep. And they, they can be really vicious. Oh, it was yeah. so vicious. And mm-hmm. I, um, they actually, they, it's, I, so th- then um, they made their way over. Uh, as, as it was happening, I was looking and I was like, whoa. And I first, I, I went to sleep. Yeah, it was like five in the afternoon or in early evening, and I was like, "This is way too much." And so I went to sleep, and I woke up like an hour later, and there was hundreds more comments, yeah. and they had started tagging me, "Where's Christina Weber?" And I um, responded with a video. Yeah, I thought if I record myself and they see that I'm a human being, mm-hmm. and I share what my intention was, because for me to start writing no, like right, paragraphs right. of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And so I shared that video, um, and that was just more ammo for them to attack. You know, I think, you know, in the bully mentality mind frame, you're looking for anything that can take somebody down. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I was kicked out of the group, so I couldn't respond after that. Um, and the next day they made their way over to my personal Facebook page, and they started writing there. Oh, God. Uh, they also, you know, I, I don't, I want to move away from the story, but there was um, somebody that um, was in our circle that they falsely accused of um, sexual harassment. Um, so we had also become hashtag for the love of sexual assault and that. Uh, and I just want to repeat where you gave the funds to because. I mean, it is so clear, Christina, that your heart is in the right place and that you're doing amazing things. And I so. do think it's important. <laughs> like, your voice might not be the same perspective as the majority of what we think of as the feminist perspective. But I think what you said earlier, that it's really important that we hear different ways in to healing is so important because we clearly haven't figured it out. Mm-hmm. Not at all. We're so far from figuring it out. Yeah. 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 And um, and you gave those proceeds to victims of sex trafficking, which is like, and so I thought it was awesome. My goodness. Amazing. Really, um, really in, in, important. As, as I was going through the process of um, who was my MC yeah. in LA and I met with, um, had conversations with three actresses and we got to a place where all of them had were challenged by stepping into this role. Yeah. And um, one of them had said to me, you know, as we were, I actually had went out with her one night because she was, she was like, let's go out on a date. <laughs> like we yeah. went out and we talked all night. And at the end of the night, she said, you know, I just, I want men to be scared right now. You know, a man had, you know, touched me in a meeting on the shoulder and pulled away. I said, oh, wait, I'm not sure what I can do right now. And she said, I looked at him and said, good. Yeah. And I honor that that's where she was at at that moment. Mm-hmm. And she was not ready to step on stage yeah. um, and be the voice of mm-hmm. loving men. Yeah. And and that was the time that I realized I will emcee my show. Yeah. And Delia Stein, who is a full-time volunteer and the marketing director of the Orphan Starfish Foundation, um, 
That's where our proceeds went. The Orphan Starfish Foundation, they place computer systems in orphanages around the world and teach the children to use the computers. Over 12,000 kids in 27 countries, and they have 58 programs. And Delia um, travels with OSF um, is six months out of the year she's with those children on the ground and she sees the majority of everything um the, the pain that these children are suffering is stemmed from men and for her to be able to stand on stage with me and say i love men and she can preach of how much she loves men despite of what she's seen she's seen the worst we think that we've seen bad we've seen nothing yeah. compared to what she's seen yeah um, and sh- and she can actually even say like the only way we're going to see change is if we do it through love. I think that's really powerful, and I think you also touched on something um, really important when you um, validated where that woman was at, um, because I do think a lot. I do think like we're culture, you know, like we go through. There's many stages of grief, right? And I think culturally, we're in. That the like anger stage, the earliest the stage, earliest stages. yeah. And like, if if listeners, if that's where you're at, like Lindsay, if that's where you're at today, Angela, if that's where you're at, Christina, if that's where you're ever at, like it is okay to be in that stage, and those feelings are valid, and like approaching the work and the theory and the ideology from that side is valid. But I also think what you're what this perspective that you're bringing and the place where you're coming from is also really valid and maybe it's it's just going to take some of us a little bit longer to be healed enough to to do that kind of work and and I think that's also really important um is where I know so after um she had said this to me of um I just I want men to be scared right now I start to share more about what Feminine Weapon Day is. Like, start to show, here are the, some of the men mm-hmm. who are a part of this um, and what good work they're doing out in the world. And I could see her her mind start to, like, oh, wow. You know, there is, it's kind of like I'm on a 21 day gratitude challenge mm-hmm. of a, a healer <laughs> friend of mine put me on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like if we start to think of, like, at the same time of that we're going through these. Um, challenges or queries um, of like, how do I still maintain gratitude in this? So how do I know that there's bad in the world, but how do I make sure that I'm still seeing good? Mm -hmm. Um, This has been amazing. And there's no way to encapsulate this conversation simply. I feel like we got a taking on a lot of really big emotional yeah. issues I yeah. know and, and it was nothing that too that I said that I was even prepared for yeah. it was like the universe just chose me and we're like here you go that's that's pretty rad yeah but to to, to try to summarize which I feel like using the word summarize is crazy right now yeah. but to try and summarize a little bit or just like bring us back to kind of our theme of the night do you have one to three tips you could give us maybe some people that you've talked to in your dating workshops of moving towards healing between men and women or mm. even good communication tips. Because um, yeah. I know that's a very general question for a very complicated topic. So, yeah. um, A couple of things. First is that list of begin journaling all the things that you love about men. And if you have to write Would down, you tell men to do the same about women? Um, sure, yes. Um, 
Yeah, for sure. And I know that I've heard that um, similar stories of men coming home and griping about dates and, you know, being like, do you even like women? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great exercise for both um, genders and sexes and all human beings to do about the person that they're attracted to. Mm -hmm. Um, Take time. So number two, um, really study yourself. Like there's so many, whatever works to, to get you more attuned in, in who you are as an individual, but there's so many tools out there, whether it's, you know, astrology, meditation, self-development of courses, um, you know, and, and use it as a way, you know, as you're studying yourself, study love at the same time. Um, there's t- you can Google like TED Talks on relationships and there's 50 plus talks mm-hmm. and all of these and, and have conversations because... Each of these conversations, like, it it spikes self-query. So everything, even listeners right now to this moment, like, we don't own the truth. Like, your own truth is your own. So each of the conversations that we have are just inside of you, like, turning something that makes you first discover you and your way of journaling that out. But in dating, I think a lot of times we're out there and we're sharing um, the outcome of ourself. Mm-hmm. Instead of the experience of yeah. herself, and it's really interesting. So you're, you know, you see like the guy that you're interested in, or the girl you're, whatever, isn't responding to your text messages, and you're getting, um, you know, ugh, like I'm starting to not like this person, and all builds up, and all the builds up, and all of a sudden you're like, ugh, and you're just vomiting. But he never knew, she never knew what was actually going along in the way. But so sure, sure you're psychic. We're putting our self. Instagram filter on when we go on a date, right? We're, like, not showing our experience. We're showing our our most beautiful outcome. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and also, too, is, you know, we're, we're living in the time where vulnerability is a big, like, could be seen as a buzzword. And, and I'll say it took me a little bit to fully understand what vulnerability is. It's not about, oh, when I was a child, my father was an alcoholic and, right. like, this and that. Like, sure, that can be vulnerable to share. But it's really the, the vulnerability is, like, What's happening to you right now in the moment? Mm-hmm. I'm sensing that I'm getting a little anxiety. It's not because, and not in a blaming way. So right. I'm not blaming you mm-hmm. for my anxiety. I'm observing it. And through observation of myself, I'm sharing that with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing so much with us. Thank thanks you. for thanks for, thanks for having to have me. conversations. Yeah. That thanks for having. Needed, yeah. Thanks. I think this fabulous. is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no right or wrong answers right now. We're all on one but crazy ride. Con- like you said, like conversations are just so important. We just have to keep talking and listening, and thinking and growing. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, follow us on Instagram at Welcome to the Clam Bake. Or Twitter, Clam Bake Pod. And, or on Facebook at Welcome to the Clam Bake. Or call us. We love your phone calls. 657-243-3789. And, oh. 657-243-3789. And we are launching our ambassador team. So if you're interested in being a Clam Bake ambassador or just want to know what that means, email us at Welcome to the Clam Bake Podcast at gmail.com. And thank you so much to Campfire Media, our producer, Ryan Counthouse. Subscribe on Apple. Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks. And for if you listening. could, real quick, please take two minutes and write us a review. It helps so much. We love you. Okay, bye. Bye. How do you like me now? Maybe as a chowder or on a platter with melted butter and tangy mustard in a cluster from the coast of California. A trust of luscious muscles bathed in the gravitational pull of the moon with a new batch coming soon. Fresh baked and tastefully welcoming you to the clam bake. Well,
campfire.